You're listening to the MVP Real Estate and Mortgage Report. The views and opinions shared on this program don't necessarily reflect those of Citywide Home Loans. Citywide Home Loans, LLC, NMLS 67180. David Hosterman, NMLS 220562. Jonathan Edwards, NMLS 671258. Equal housing lender. Regulated by the Division of Real Estate. Call for additional cost information. Program qualifications and offerings are subject to change at any time. Not all that apply will qualify. Other restrictions may apply. Good morning and welcome to the MVP Real Estate and Mortgage Report. I'm Jonathan Edwards with Citywide Home Loans. In the studio this morning, we have our MVP guest host, Rick Culp with Brokers Guild Real Estate. This is the show that brings you today's most relevant real estate insights and experiences from the industry's most dedicated players. Today, we have a great show for real estate agents, real estate investors, and homeowners. Have you heard of a foreclosure? Have you heard of a short sale? Today, we dive into the differences, the benefits, the downside, how to avoid each. This is an important topic, so listen closely. Stay tuned for a triple play of Denver's hottest listings. And we're going to throw out our yellow card here. A quick disclaimer that Citywide Home Loans and Brokers Guild Real Estate are not affiliated entities. Listeners are not required to use either participant to work with the other participant. Citywide Home Loans has no affiliation with the Federal Housing Administration or U.S. Department of Housing, U.S. Department of Veteran Affairs. Please note that we strongly recommend talking with an attorney about the content of this show today or other licensed professional regarding foreclosures and short sales. Rick, back on the show again today, talking short sales and foreclosures. What's going on? Thanks, John. Thanks for having me. Rick, is this fourth or fifth time you've been on the show, I think? Uh, probably close to a half dozen times. Now. I, I, we love having you on the show, Rick. Rick called for those that aren't aware, and I'll let Rick expand on this here in a minute, but Rick is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to real estate. He's currently the training and mentor uh, director at Brokers Guild and has years and years of experience. Rick, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? How long have you been in Colorado and real estate? I've been in Colorado now about 35 years, been in real estate almost 30 years, and uh, obviously seen a lot of ups and downs in the real estate market, and that's kind of what we're going to talk about as we kind of delve into foreclosures and, and, and more more um, uh, importantly, short sales today, just because we are seeing some trends um, in the market that are kind of sending us in that direction. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, where are you from originally, Rick? I'm originally from Arkansas. From Arkansas into Colorado. Uh, Rick's been doing real estate for well over 20 years and uh, has had the opportunity over the last few years to mentor and train uh, not only new agents, but help out even seasoned agents, agents that have had their licenses for quite some time. Um, So Rick, he's going to school us today on uh, foreclosures and short sales. Before we dive in, though, Rick, talk to me a little bit and our audience about what we're seeing in the real estate market right now. This is this is April, which is typically a hot part of the season when it comes to buying and selling homes. What are you seeing out there right now? I mean, this year has kind of been like a roller coaster. Um, and I think um, the reason we've not really seen um, prices drop like a lot of people were anticipating is because our inventory levels are still extremely low. So even though interest rates are up a little bit, uh, with the interest rates uh, being a little bit higher, it's not having a dramatic impact on the market like some thought it would. 
A lot of people are out here trying to buy houses right now. Uh, but but we're not seeing the overbidding, you know, and waiving uh, appraisals, waiving inspections, appraisal gaps, not to the extent that we had in the previous market. Yeah, I, I would agree, and that's sort of the sense that we're getting as well, the roller coaster ride. Like one week it seems like we've got a, a bunch of clients that are submitting offers, and some of them are getting them and others aren't because of multiple offers. And the next week it's like dead. And we don't really have any agents or just a few that we're submitting offers for. And so it does seem like a real roller coaster ride this year, almost like the market can't quite figure out what it wants to do. You make a great point, I think, when it comes to interest rates. Interest rates, for those that aren't aware, for mortgages have basically doubled in the last year and a half or so. And so they are considerably higher. Most of what we're seeing in the way of interest rates is in the sixes. Um, it, and sometimes even into the fives and depending on the borrower, maybe even up into the sevens, but that's much different than what we were seeing there for a while in the twos and threes. Um, so we have seen a couple of appraisal gap scenarios. Uh, I haven't seen any escalation clauses in a couple of years, or at least I guess I should say a year. Um, but to your point, Rick, not like what we were seeing there when things were so crazy a year and a half ago with appraisal gaps and escalation clauses and way over asking price and stuff like that. No, um, things have calmed down a little bit in that regards. And I think for the better. And I don't think that we're seeing values drop as much as some of us thought. I, I remember you and I had talked last year, you know, the rise in interest rates has to have an impact on the value of homes and they have to come down, which I think they have slightly but I haven't seen a major drop in values. Have you? No. Um, I watched the webinar recently um, through March. I think Colorado was down about 1.8 percent for the, yeah. um, the the West Coast is down over 5 percent. Mm-hmm. The East Coast, Central East Coast, is even up 5 percent. So it's still kind of weird around the country. Um, but once again, as long as our inventory levels are low like they are, we're we're probably going to see prices hold fairly steady especially in that 450 to 600 range that's the price range we're seeing multiple offers in yeah when you get a little bit higher than that it calms down a little bit and so this really plays nicely into the topic for today which is foreclosures and, and probably more specifically today around short sales we have folks that if they are getting into trouble Uh, being able to make their payments, that they may have some options uh, to get out of their home, maybe in ways that they might be able to avoid foreclosure. A short sale, for instance, would be a good example. If people still have equity in their homes, Rick, there, there may still be an opportunity for them to sell their home before having to go through the full motion of the foreclosure. Absolutely. So if you're a homeowner, and you've received a, uh, a letter, a notice of election and demand from the lender. Um, in Colorado, we have a public trustee system. So there is a trustee assigned, and it's just an individual person to each county. And the, the lien holder of the note, once you're 120 days behind, would request a public trustee sale of your home, in which either an investor could go bid and pay cash for your home, or it would go back to the bank if they did not get what they wanted. Now, if you've got equity in your home, there's no reason to let that happen. Yeah. You can get a broker to list your home and salvage that equity, okay? So that's an option. But there, then there's a scenario where you're a homeowner and you've received a foreclosure notice, but you don't have any equity. But a short sale would be a better option than a 
foreclosure would be. Yeah, absolutely. Why is that? Well, the there is such thing as a deficiency judgment that can be issued. Now, what that means is if your home is sold short or if your home is goes into foreclosure and the lender does not get fully get all of their expenses, mortgage balance, and everything back, they can 1099 the homeowner, which means you owe taxes. That's called a deficiency judgment. If you do a short sale, the deficiency judgment potential is much lower than it would be in a foreclosure. Okay, gotcha. So to kind of reiterate, Rick, go back to, so we've got our foreclosure, which is where the borrower has not been able to make their payment for three months. Four months. Four months. That's okay. typically when it goes to the public trustee. Four months. Okay. So after that, it goes to the public trustee. And uh, in Colorado, this is kind of a silly thing to allow happen if you can avoid it because if you can't make your payments, that's one thing. But to foreclose on the home when you have equity in the property, you're losing money, right? Am I understanding that aspect of it correctly? You can can salvage your equity. If you get to a point where you can't make the payments on the home anymore, don't give up. If you have equity, you may still be able to walk away from from the home with some money, pay off the loan, and not have a foreclosure on your credit. Right? Absolutely. And um, the lien holder will hire a foreclosure attorney to represent them. The attorneys do not want to see you lose your house. So they will work with you if there's an auction sale already scheduled on your property and you list your home and you have a, a closing date that's after the auction date. You can contact the foreclosure attorney, and in most cases, they will work with you. Okay. Yeah. All right. That makes sense. You are listening to the MVP Real Estate and Mortgage Report on ESPN Denver 1600. Check out past episodes on our podcast at denversports.com. For mortgage questions and information, give us a call at 303-921-5747. And if you would like to get in touch with Rick Culp about buying or selling your next home, Rick can be reached at 303-995-4788. And Rick, this is one of my favorite parts of the show because I get to talk about some of the hot listings that are out there in the Denver market right now. And my first one that I've got here is uh, Magdalena Tarango, also known as Elena. She works with Juan Gallegos over there at Any Home Real Estate. They're an excellent, excellent outfit. Uh, she's got a great listing here at 3355 South Flower Street, Unit 115 in Lakewood. This one's on the market at 339000 It's a townhome, just under 1,000 square feet, uh, two beds, one bathroom, an absolutely beautiful home. I'm looking at the picture here. It's hard to find townhome in Lakewood. Come see it before it's gone. Stepping into this two-bed, one-bath townhome, you'll find a place you can call home. Check out this property and give Elena a call at 720-691-8880. And my next one that I've got here is Tony Martinez with Brokers Guild Real Estate. And uh, Nelson, who is also on Tony's team, Nelson Galicia. And they've got an awesome property here at 22834 East Davies Drive in Aurora. This one is listed at 600,000. It's a single family residence, just under 4,000 square feet with four beds and four baths. Let me repeat that. Four beds and four baths. This is a beautiful home. Walk into this beautiful two-story property with a lot of living space. The main floor features the primary suite with a five-piece bath and a walk-in closet. Absolutely incredible home. 
Give Tony Martinez a call at 720-329-6254. And finally, Cynthia Lowry has got an incredible property. She's with Brokers Guild Real Estate, and her listing is at 7000 East Quincy Avenue. That's Unit 405 in Denver. 519,800. It's a beautiful condo. Holy cow. 2,433 uh, building area total square footage. You've got two bedrooms and two bathrooms. This is the best kept secret in the DTC area. You just can't find this square footage and finishes anywhere for the price. Absolutely beautiful home. If you'd like some more information on this property, give Cynthia Lowry a call at 303 303- Eight eight four six seven four one. All right, Rick. Let's jump back to it here. Let's talk some more about short sales. Um, tell us. I think we've done a pretty good job so far breaking down the foreclosures. And um, and and just as a reminder out there, I don't know if you have a phone number for folks if they do get into a spot or a position. Um, and they do own a home, and they would like some more information on how to avoid foreclosures, Um, do you have a phone number that they can call? I do. There's a foreclosure hotline that you can call for free information, and it's 1-877-601-HOPE. That's 1-877-601-4673. And this happens, right, Rick? This isn't, um, you know, for folks out there that own their homes, maybe you're struggling to make those monthly payments. Maybe you've already missed a couple. Um, I don't think this is a situation where you need to be embarrassed about that. I think, you know, especially in Colorado, for most of the areas in Colorado, there's a good chance you still have some equity in that property and that even if you were to have to walk away from the home, um, that you might be able to walk away with something in your pocket or at least to avoid that foreclosure. Would you agree? Absolutely. And then as we kind of kick into the short sale, the difference um, between a short sale and what John was just talking about, maybe a foreclosure with equity, is you could list your home directly with an agent and just sell it. You don't need permission from anybody. You can just put your home on the market and, and, and whatever equity you can salvage is yours. However, in a short sale situation, what you're doing is you are listing your home for less than what is owed on it. Okay, so maybe you owe five seventy-five on your home, and uh, uh, and you and you're listing it for five twenty-five. Okay, so that is obviously less. You owe more than what your home is worth. Okay, so there is a process where you can get some um, communication going and some cooperation with the lien holder, and in many cases. They will allow you to do that. So that's an interesting point, and and I think I want to reiterate that a little bit here, Rick. So what you're doing in a short sale situation is that you're selling the property for less than what you owe on it, not for less than what the property is necessarily worth, right? If the property is worth seven hundred thousand and you owe five hundred and fifty thousand on it, as long as you sell it for more than five hundred and fifty thousand. Theoretically, you're in pretty good shape. You're not talking about a short sale situation. But if values do drop, and this is why if you're in a position right now where you're struggling a little bit and you're kind of wondering if you're going to be able to continue to make those payments, you might want to make a decision sooner or later on what to do with that property because uh, what happens, or, or, or let's say what happened 16, 17 years ago in the early 2000s was that 
values have been very high, like what we've seen, but then they also drop dramatically. And when they drop dramatically, all of a sudden the value of the property was less than what the borrower owed on it. And so that's where you have a short sale situation or if you can't make the payments, then possibly a foreclosure situation. Is that is that a pretty accurate? That's that, that, yes. Okay. So basically, like you said, um, you are selling the home for less than what you owe on it. Yep. And the lender, in many cases, will allow that to happen, but there is a process. The lender has a workout package that has to be uh, fully completed. They're going to want, obviously, a hardship letter, tax returns. They want a, want a lot of documentation, and you have to have a hardship Okay, and saying that I spend too much money isn't a hardship. <laughs> a hardship is uh, I've gone through a divorce. There's been a sickness in my family. I'm in the military. I'm being relocated. I'm being relocated on my job. It yep. could be a number of what they consider hardships that a lot of people are facing, medical bills, whatever, and they will, they will work with you on this. So you do need permission on a short sale to sell it for less than what it's worth. And so that permission, I assume, comes from whoever the lien holder is on the property, they right? They will have to approve that. They have to approve it. What's that process look it's, like, Rick? It's, it's, it can be detailed. Some people say, well, should I call the bank and ask them if I can do a short sale? Well, it's hard for the bank to give an answer. They don't have any information. Nobody inside that bank can make that decision, right? They're going to have to call somebody who's probably going to have to call somebody that can actually make a decision on that. Well, more importantly, they should probably call a broker and get their house on the market and submit to the bank a purchase contract with a hardship letter and all the associated documentation. And now the bank can look at this package and say, does this make financial sense for us to do this? Once I said, in most cases, it's less expensive for the bank to do a short sale than it is to go through a foreclosure. So they will probably approve it if it makes sense to them. Yeah, absolutely. So, and, uh, and sorry, how long does that process typically take? Well, if I were going to list a short sale today and I received an offer from a purchaser, uh, a purchase contract from a purchaser, I would probably not want to schedule a closing for less than three to four months. Three to four months. Probably three to four months. To be on the the conservative side, it could be sooner, but it's not like you're going to close. You don't want to have to keep going back and extending deadlines and stuff like that. And you're not going to close in 30 days, no. Uh, what are the impacts on the the seller, I guess, the seller's ability to purchase a new home? Is that short sale going to come up on a credit report? Now, that's a good question. If you go through the full foreclosure, that stays on your credit report for seven years. And according to experience, experience which is one of the large credit bureaus, they say that a foreclosure is second only in damage to you financially on your credit report next to a bankruptcy. So it's damaging. However, yeah. a short sale typically will say on your credit report settled or they'll have some different verbiage settled that does not, less than. doesn't have the same impact on your credit report that a, a foreclosure does. So in a foreclosure where you might have to wait at least seven years to purchase on a short sale, there's a good opportunity to go out and get back into the, uh, the market again sometime in the much nearer future. That makes sense. Okay. Hey, and then I'm going to switch back to foreclosures here for just a second. I've heard wildly differing answers to this question, Rick. When somebody does go into foreclosure on their property, 
how long do they have? How long can they stay in the house for and not make their payments? Basically, okay, once you are in foreclosure, which means you're which prof- is four payments you have not made, you have not paid. Then you've got about another four to five months to stay in the house before you lose it if you don't do okay. anything. Okay, and is that like an eviction? Is that it's does not, it, does the lien holder have to go through an eviction type process to get the if the if the out? homeowner doesn't want to leave? That's what they're looking yeah. at now. They know their home is being foreclosed on, and they know when the sale date is. The lender is communicating all of this. Okay. The trustee is communicating. So the homeowner is not in the dark, but some homeowners are, unfortunately, denial is a big player in this. And people get in denial and just have a hard time accepting that they're losing their home. Okay, gotcha. So on short sales, the uh, homeowner can reach out to a real estate agent to talk with them about selling the property. Uh, what about on a foreclosure? Once the home is in foreclosure, I assume at that point it's sort of out of the homeowner's hands. They're not going to be able to sell the property at that point? No. So there's – I think a lot of people confuse pre-foreclosure with foreclosure. Okay. Pre-foreclosure means that you've received a notice. The public trustee has your property scheduled for an auction sale. However, as long as the sale has not occurred, you have the authority or the right to sell your home and try to salvage your situation. Now, once the home has gone through the auction process, it's either been purchased by an investor for cash, and if the bank didn't get the price they wanted, they'll take it back. There is no redemption period once your home has gone into foreclosure. Some states offer the post-foreclosure redemption, but in Colorado there is no post-foreclosure redemption period. You have lost your home. You lost your home. Okay, gotcha. Well, thank you. That helps to clarify that. You are listening to the MVP Real Estate and Mortgage Report on ESPN Denver 1600. Check out past episodes on our podcast at denversports.com. For mortgage questions and information, give us a call at 303-921-5747. If you would like to get in touch with Rick Kalp about buying or selling your next home, Rick can be reached at 303-995-4788. Rick, we're nearing the end of the show, but we do have a few minutes left. Any last-minute thoughts before we dive into yours and my two cents on the sports world? I Just not lose hope. Don't get discouraged. If you are behind on your mortgage payments, just know that you do have options. I will say that there are not a lot of brokers that have experience in selling foreclosure and short-sale properties. So if you're going to reach out to a broker, Please ask them, have you ever sold, Have you had any experience listing or selling a foreclosure? Have you had any experience listing or purchasing a short sale? Because it is very detailed and there's a specific process that's involved, and some agents just have not done that. So, Rick, I have, uh, I have agents and real estate investors um, that occasionally will reach out to me and ask me about foreclosures. Do I know about any foreclosures? Can I lend on foreclosures? Uh, where do you, where do they find foreclosures? Do you have any insight? Are there resources online where people can find homes that are in foreclosure where the lien holders are in the process of trying to sell those homes? Well, there's some websites out there, but are they uh, reliable? I Zillow basically has what they call foreclosures, but they're pre-foreclosures. Okay, they're, they're they've not been foreclosed on yet. Gotcha. And so we don't have a lot of foreclosures in Colorado that are actually in our multiple listing service, okay. service at this point. I think it's going to be a little different this time around. In the last market crash, I was an REO broker, and I listed a lot of properties. 
individually for banks, but I think this time around banks are packaging their properties and selling them to hedge fund companies and institutional investors. So okay. they're not on the gotcha. open market like they were before. Not at okay. this point anyway. So that's an interesting dynamic change, huh, yeah, with the that, foreclosures. That, that, it's that, more uh, big business almost. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of going that direction. Gotcha. Hey, Rick, uh, do you have that phone number again for folks if they might be uh, struggling to make their payments, that they'd like some more information um, regarding how to avoid foreclosure, how to work within foreclosure, just what what foreclosure entails and what the impacts are? Did you have that fo- that hotline for us again? Yeah, it's one eight seven seven six zero one hope one eight seven seven six zero one four six seven three. So hopefully that. Pr- provides a little bit of relief. Uh, if you are out there, you are struggling to make your monthly payments, don't avoid the situation. Don't consider it something to be embarrassed about. Uh, it is sort of what it is, and there are resources out there to help you. Maybe you don't have to necessarily go down the path of foreclosure. There's some other options out there. All right, Rick, switch gears a little bit here. You want to talk about your Broncos? Uh, How are you feeling about them this year? Uh, you know, my, here- New coach. Not a brand new quarterback, but relatively new quarterback. I felt like even if they had retained the old coach, and and a lot of people did not like him, we had an opportunity to really improve this year just because we had lost so many close games last year. Well, and you brought that up a number of times, that they lost a bunch of games by less than one score, right? Many games. and, and even They if weren't they had, getting blown out. Our defense has been really strong. And now with the new coach, uh, the quarterback, Russell Wilson, being in his second year in the system, I really do see the Broncos as one of the teams that have a chance to improve their record. Will they jump straight into the playoffs? Maybe not, but definitely we should see a three, four, five game improvement in the win column for them. I think the AFC is going to be tough this year, especially the AFC East, which is where my Bills reside. Aaron Rodgers just officially went over to the Jets. You've got, uh, you know, the Bills, which hopefully are going to be strong again this year. And then Miami, who continues to add at least, if nothing else, big-name players uh, to their roster. So that could be pretty ugly. And then, of course, you've got the Chiefs as well. As long, you know, uh, on the that. The Cincinnati Bengals. That who, division is tough. And yeah. If the quarterbacks in that division stay healthy, it'll be tough. Yeah. Because those are teams that are really dominated by a very strong quarterback. Yeah. So look out for the AFC. It'll be interesting to who com- to see who comes out on top there. Uh, what about the Denver Nuggets just won their ser- their first series for the playoffs? They, they Heading did. out to Phoenix? They're going to be playing Phoenix. Now, they should have the home home court advantage to start because they were the number one seed. Yep. But they the Timberwolves, the last couple of games, really played them hard. They did, right up to the end. And I think that'll help the Nuggets. They The first two or three games were, to be honest, they were kind of blowouts. But those last two games, the Nuggets really needed that push to sharpen their skills so that when they go in to start playing Phoenix, because you know you've got Phoenix has got Chris Paul, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker. I mean, they are really – they're actually a favorite. They're even probably going to come into the series favorite over us. Yeah. Which is an insult to the Nuggets, okay, and it's an opportunity for us to to, – and I think we've got a really good chance to win this series. And have you been paying attention to the Avs? They they lost in overtime the other night. I yep. think it's two to two, and uh, uh, that's a yeah. tough series for them. And Kale McCarr got suspended. He's yep. probably their best defender, so he's going to miss Game Five. Yeah, that'll have an impact. But I th- I think the Abs are 
They're still playing some of their best hockey of the year, and I think it's it, that's going to go down to to the wire that series. I, I think that I think you're right. I mean, I think they're playing good hockey. I I don't know. I feel like they're missing a little bit of an edge here. That they uh, I'd like to see them put up a bigger fight against Seattle, but I mean, I guess it is what it is. They seem to be hanging in there and contending, and hopefully they can pull it off. So. And then, of course, the Rockies, not off to the best start this year, which would be, you know. <laughs> I mean, usually they start out. Reminiscent of past years as well. They usually start out the first few weeks and at least have a 500 or better record, get everybody's yeah. hopes I up. know. But right now they're already so far in the cellar that we're just like, oh, okay, well, it is what it is. There, here we go, the Rockies again. Well, Rick, thanks so much for joining us again on the show today. We always appreciate it. If you would like to reach out to Rick Culp for more information on buying or selling your next home, Rick can be reached at 303-995-4788. Thank you for tuning in to the MVP Real Estate and Mortgage Report. If you have a question about financing for your next home or refinancing a current mortgage, give us a call at 303-921-5747. Don't miss next week's episode right here on ESPN Denver 1600 every Saturday morning at 7 a.m. You can find past episodes on our podcast at denversports.com.